The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, Phase 4 has gotten us feeling a bit Thor and we really miss Marvel. Jesus, I hurt myself reaching for those puns. It's our review of the best and not so best from the Big Mouse House in 2022. I'm Riggs. And I'm Andy. And this is the Film Addicts Podcast. Hey friends and welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. I'm here with Addy. How you doing, man? I am doing good. Really excited for this episode. Yeah, it's going to be the long time coming. Yeah, it's going to be the last one for Marvel for a bit. I think so. Yeah, they've. I mean, but then again, fucking She-Hulk comes out. (laughs) Oh Jesus! Just give us ten minutes. (laughs) Would you give us ten minutes alone, Marvel? My God, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent like sure what that show will be. Really, it seems like. It's kind of a combination of a bunch of different stuff, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like just from the trailers, which isn't a great gauge, like it's a normal Marvel show, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I've said, I've felt that about literally every Marvel show that's come out. Yeah. That it's been very, very different from all the shows plus the movies. Mm. So I'm excited. And we're recording this on the 17th and the show comes out on the 18th. It comes out tomorrow, does it? Okay. Yeah. I would have thought they'd go with a Wednesday schedule, but fuck, what do I know? Um, well, that's interesting because um, one of the one of the topics, every, everybody keeps talking about how bad the CG is in it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't understand. We haven't even seen it yet. Like, how can you gauge from trailers? And I fucking guarantee you, and I know this from experience recently, like, I, I shoot uh, 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 stuff in like 4K, so it's... You know, it's pristine. Looks great. Upload that to YouTube. No problems. There's plenty. Of, there's even 4K options for YouTube. Uh, you know, you can crunch down to 1080p, but you know, you can upload in 4K, and you can watch it in full resolution. You know, you can put it on a TV, broadcast on a 4K TV, like I've got. It's beautiful. But majority of the time, when you see these trailers and stuff like that, it's on social media, Instagram, Facebook, whatever that other one is that sounds like a biscuit. Um, that's a really good TikTok joke, and I hope you enjoyed it because British people and, and Australians will know what a TikTok is. It's a type of biscuit that looks like a clock. Anyway, I digress. Um, so you're watching these things on your phone, uh, you know, in like 720p or below, like, you know, fucking 340p or whatever. And that's like the resolution, the, the progressive lines that you get of information. If you're looking at something that is as, I hope, expertly rendered as the Hulk and She-Hulk are going to be, you're not going to get much out of it on your phone, friends. So maybe wait till you can watch it on television. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because that's exactly what happened. Because Marvel puts out their um, their teasers and their uh, trailers in 1080p, but they shoot everything in 4K. Oh, they would shoot so, everything in 8K or 12K at this point. I guess so. But Oh, yeah. The, I, I, the, because they, they came out, someone came out and said, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The Guardians of Galaxy 3 is the first Marvel show or the first Marvel project to be shot in, I think, forgive me if I'm mistaken here, but I think they said 12K or at least 8K, but like the highest resolution you could possibly Holy get out of a camera. shit. Yeah, man. We're talking like 
if it's 12, you're talking about, you know, uh, uh, quadrupling or quintupling the quality of an image in a 1080p, like so much so that if you were to shoot a wide shot, you could then crop to make it a close up and you wouldn't lose anything. Like we're, this is just, you know, the next level of digital cinema. So no, I'm just, I'm just contemplating my decisions now because I'm still stuck with 1080p. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, and it's fine. Like it works good. Crunching down to that size can be beneficial sometimes because it does give you more leeway, um, you know, when you're when you're in, in the editing process and, and and whatnot. And that's a perfectly serviceable resolution for any TV or whatever. But it just seems like people are judging this thing a little too quickly. So even if they did shoot in 4K, it's not looking like that. Yeah, well, it's not looking like that on YouTube. If you have Disney Plus and you go on Disney Plus and you watch the trailer, you can see there's a significant difference. In yeah. the quality of of the trailer, yeah. So just like a, it's it's either people who like are saying all this shit who don't even have a Disney Plus subscription, or it's just so. like the guy from funny because we'll get into it. You know, Taika Waititi created um, what we do in the shadows, and that became a TV series. You know about vampires, yeah. documentary about vampires, and in the TV series there is a character who's not in the movie named Colin, who's not, he's an emotional vampire and he like just sucks the energy out of people by boring the shit out of him. And one of the things he does is go on the internet and and troll people because he gets energy from it. Like he saps energy from it. He's the kind of person who's making all this shit about She-Hulk, you know? Oh, it doesn't look very good. People are like, ah, fuck you. And that's what, that's exactly the reaction they want, you know? Could be. But also, um, you know, before we get into nerd news, just because we're talking about She-Hulk, um, Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, Ruffles. Oh, yeah, we just call him Ruffles. That's awesome. I wonder if he's got a pet dog named Ruffles. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, why would you? Because it's a stupid, stupid thing to say. But it'd be cool if you did. But um, he came out recently and was saying that um, Secret Wars is going to be huge. Um, yeah. even in comparison to Endgame threw a bit of shade Star Wars' way, which is fun. Um, you know, got a few people angry about that, but whatever. You, it's the same company who gives a shit. But yeah, yeah. But it sounds like he, he will be playing a significant role um, still. So, you know, one of, the, one of the few Avengers still kind of, the OG Avengers still hanging on along with Hawkeye and, um, and the Thor. Yeah. And uh, also... Who's not never mad at Star Wars? Like that's that's never happened. I know. <laughs> it's kind of like it's if you're a huge Star Wars fan, part of your identity is to be shitty about it all the time. There's a couple of guys oh. in my film club group, Johnny, one of the guy who writes our our theme music, and uh, my mate Tim, who's uh, is a wonderful dude, very intelligent. He's a novelist, but a lot of the time they they get into an uh, like conversation about Star Wars on our group chat. And man, you come back to it an hour later, and there's 1,700 messages you've you've read about them having a problem with something. But um, you know, I guess people take these things on. It becomes important to them. It feels like a piece of their self. So when it's attacked, they feel like they're attacked. It's silly, but I kind of get it. I kind of get it. It's just when people get agitated, and particularly when they get racist and sexist around stuff like that. It's a real boys' club. But fuck all that noise. Do you want to do the nerd news? Let's do some fucking nerd news.
So here it is, the nerd news as of today's date, which is the 17th of August, 2022. I know this episode comes out about two or three weeks after that, but it doesn't matter. Um, this is a pretty big one. Uh, Ezra Miller has come out and broken their silence about their behavior that they've been exhibiting over the last, well, years, I guess. Um, and they've uh, officially sort of brought out a, a, an apology, um, which I will... Uh, which I will read very quickly verbatim. So this is in quotes. Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I'm committed to doing necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe and productive stage of my life, uh, productive stage in my life, end quote. Uh, as I was saying to you earlier, Addy, when you sent me that um Good. I'm glad that they are getting some help. Clearly, very troubled person. Um, that doesn't excuse some of the behaviour and also some of the troubling uh, things that have been said by other people about them. Uh, you know, whether it comes to maybe some sort of grooming. See, I don't know all the details. I'm just saying there's some been allegations of grooming and that perhaps he was holding some people against their will, like. Clearly, a very troubled individual, and 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 needs help. But it, it still re- remain the fact still remains that some of the things that they may have perpetrated allegedly are not okay, and 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 shouldn't soon be forgiven. That's for sure. And this does absolutely seem like after the just collapse of of everything Warner Brothers was doing with the DC properties, this might be a little bit of PR repair for. The Flash, which is still scheduled to come out is next year. Next year. Yeah. So, how how do you feel about it? I'm I'm kind of like I said, I, I'm I'm glad that they're getting help, but there still needs to be some investigation here into exactly what what went on. Yeah, I I completely see your point, and I agree to it. Uh, if if uh, anything that's going on at WB has taught us anything is that everything is a business. So this is a business move. So take everything with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But if it, if it is actually true that I'm, that again, like you said, I'm, I am glad that they're getting help that they need. I just, I'm, I'm actually still just worried about the film. Like, because it means, it means so much to just the character of Barry Allen. And now having uh, Ben Affleck back as Batman, it, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Because that would have been the last time we saw Ben Affleck as Batman. So, Yeah, that's true. What, By the way, happy birthday, Ben Affleck. It was his birthday like two days ago. 50 years young. God bless him. Um, God bless his little oh. bat bum. Um <laughs> Yeah, I totally get it, man. And and also, you know, we, we talked about this early days. Barry Allen is is really one of the purest heroes that DC has. You know, part of his struggle is that he's never fast enough to save everyone. You know, that's such a beautiful dichotomy to have in a character who is who can move, you know, faster than the speed of thought. Um, and yet he can't be everywhere. You know, it's like the in, in the Kingdom Come series where he's constantly in motion because he's, he's never in one place. Um, you know, such a brilliant idea. And that goodwill, that, you know, that um, 
sense of family and community um, in the Flash, uh, in the comics, definitely. I'm not too sure about the TV show. I only saw a little bit of it. So, But he is a very pure character. Some of the things that, that um, this young person has been accused of are not so pure and it is, it is tainting the way that we see, um, you know, what, oh, yeah. this, what this Flash, yeah, what this Flash could be. Um, you know, is that someone we want to represent one of our heroes? Yeah, who knows? I just, I just hope that the film doesn't get shelved because they, it's been on since 2018, and it's uh, like I'm really looking forward to it because Andy Muschietti has finally made a superstar film. Yeah, Andy Muschietti. Andy Muschietti. Sorry, <laughs> um, I I cut you off again. No, yeah, I'm just I'm just excited for him. Mm. But I'm also I'm also just worried. So yeah, and that's that's <laughs> fair. And you know, I I still haven't seen those it pictures. By the way, I'm sorry. Um, you know, something about watching a clown eat children hasn't really been on my radar for a little while. Um, yeah, and and it's not just that as well. Like that film has been on the cards for a long time. It wasn't before um Andy uh, uh Mustachi, the mustachioed Andy, come on there was other people attached. Um, you know, there yeah. was even talk at one point as Ryan Reynolds doing playing Barry Allen before he was ended up being Hal. Um, so yeah, there's it's a long history of, you know, trying to get this done, even though they've been doing it quite successfully on television for a while. So I don't know what the fuck. This this comes perfect timing wise, uh, especially with what we were just talking about with um the release of uh the She Hulks very soon. Disney may soon regain the theatrical distribution rights for the Hulk as soon as June of next year. Why, oh why, do you think the Mark Ruffalo is all of a sudden talking about what he's gonna be doing in Secret Wars? Because at some point before that, we're gonna get a fucking World War Hulk movie. It's gotta happen. Come on. <coughs> Don't you think? I don't know about World War Hulk. That's yeah, uh, sort of like what they did when when Thor found him on Sakaar in 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 um, Ragnarok. But I just feel like we're going to get a solo Hulk movie before Secret Wars. That's going to somehow set some shit up. No, is it gonna be? I, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm not. I like the way that they've in- integrated Hulk, the Hulk in all in like everything. Yeah. I don't. I don't quite. I'm. Not, I'm not completely on board with the idea of having another Hulk film. Oh, you racist against green people! <laughs> Fuck you, dude! I love Poison Ivy. Shut yeah. up. Poison Ivy. Oh, speaking of Poison Ivy, there's a really, really good comic series of, of her out at the moment. Like she's got a, like a solo six issue mini that's fucking awesome if you get a chance to pick it up. It's really good. Um, What's yeah, the you, name? You love a scroll. It's just called Poison Ivy. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's going around the country like infecting people with a, a fungal thing and it's she's trying to take over the world or trying to save the world. But anyway, I digress again. Uh, yeah, you also like scrolls. So it was just a joke. You love a green person. Kermit. Um, yeah. uh, the Flem guy well. from those ads. Who? She-Hulk as well. She-Hulk also. There's an awful lot of green people to to love and enjoy. Um, but that's pretty cool, you know. You might give Ruffalo the opportunity to do some stuff that he didn't get a chance to do as a, sure. as a side piece 
as a side piece. <laughs> Someone's having sex with the Hulk on the side. Oh, you don't want to do that. Get in heaps of trouble. Um, this one is unsurprising and is also... Um, were you laughing at the Hulk being a side piece? That no, could be the, my- That could be the subtitle for the film. The Incredible Hulk, colon, side piece. And it's just about him lamenting the fact that he's dating a married man or woman. My, like, you said that and and my my head went to when when we recorded the Moon Knight episode where we had the whole Hulk conversation. What did we say about Hulk during Moon Knight? We had a Hulk conversation about how big his penis is. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. And you were insinuating that he's got a huge, he would get Reed Richards to help him. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the show, dude. Enjoy that. The idea of Hulk going to Reed Richards, the smartest man on earth, and being like, I can't fuck anyone because my dick's enormous. Please give me a normal man sized pink penis, but with huge big green Hulk balls. Like it's just. It's such a ludicrous issue, but something that probably would come up. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the project they're working on. It must be, yeah. The Incredible Hulk hashtag my little pink dick. Um, fantastic. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> go back to our Moon Knight episode <laughs> to enjoy that joke fully. Um, this next news article I would like to file under <laughs> no shit. Marvel Studios is reportedly setting up its own VFX house in response to the recent complaints from third-party workers. So, in order to circumnavigate the horrible press that Marvel has gotten and Disney has gotten recently in, in you know, how they've treated visual effects artists in the past, instead of, like, issuing an apology or something or at least admitting that maybe the, the situation or, or the conditions aren't optimal for good work... And for, you know, people's health, they've just gone, we're going to start our own shit. And that what they'll probably do is poach all the really good people from these other smaller effects companies that they've been using. And those places are going to go the fuck out of business. Because yeah. Marvel's the only game in town when it comes to that shit. And, um, and if they're doing it all themselves, like autonomy will give them everything they need to, to uh, you know, be able to produce stuff uh, without the backlash. Um, so I'm not really on board for that. I, I think it's, again, it's, 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 a, it's corporate thinking. It's, it's, a, 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 what do you, franchise thinking, you know, it's sort of like bringing the walls in even tighter as if they weren't tight enough with Disney controlling all this stuff. They're now in even further, like, oh, we've got our own dudes to do this now. So they won't, they'll shut the fuck up. They won't say dick because they'll all have non-disclosure agreements and stuff as soon as they step in the door. So, yeah, it seems like a really, a real fucking savage business move, if I'm honest. Yeah. So, like, last episode I talked about how there was a, how there was a VFX house that went down after uh, the life of Python because of the work that they had to do. It's, it's going to be a lot more of that and like, if you have a chance, go watch that because it's because it sh- it literally shows the reality and it, it's like the film came out like what eleven years now, and it's it's just getting worse and worse. 
it just shows the reality of how how these amazing storytellers and these amazing artists are treated yeah it's just very sad it is it's horrible um and and hopefully there's some some way somehow they're able to you know come out of whatever this is going to be on top um but yeah i don't know um and finally in in the nerd news unless you had something nerd news oh i do have something but, but I'm, I'm saving it for the last one. Ooh. okay cool um rest in peace and Haish. yeah uh wonderful actress uh from you know many films six days and seven nights with harrison ford uh she was in volcano with tommy lee jones which is great where tommy lee jones like punches a volcano or whatever happens in that picture uh, she was also in the remake of psycho um just a super talented actress who who popped up in in lots of stuff like even if you don't know her work you've, you've well you've seen her in something um yeah horrible situation um was was in a, a a very severe car crash and um, uh, was through catastrophic brain injury caused by said accident. Um, she was unable to survive. So yeah, really, really horrible circumstances. And um, yeah, such a such a loss to, to the acting community. Um, yeah, so all the best, Anne. We'll see you on the other side, mate. And that's, uh, that's the end of my dour nerd news. Did you have a happy one? <clears throat> I, I did, kind of. Okay. So I want to get your reaction because there's a rumor going around. A rumor. How, how the fuck you say it? Look, look, um, man. Look. I'm, I'm, you know, what happened between me and that goat is nobody's business. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Making a goat sex joke. You probably shouldn't do that. Anyway, you were saying? Yeah, and it's... That's animal cruelty. <laughs> it fucking is. It fucking is. An animal can't consent. I'm sorry. Like that's yeah. <laughs> talk about a tangent. Anyway, uh, so what's what's the rumor that's going around? That's like when we talked about how Uncle Owen and Puru would like fuck a Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a Wookiee can a Wookiee's like is able to communicate well enough to oh, be no, able to be it was like, a penguin. It was a human-sized penguin. We talked about that. <laughs> What's it? <laughs> it's even funnier. Um, no, but like, yeah. <laughs> go on a long weekend to Tatooine and fuck a shaved Wookie. All consensual. Anyway, stupid. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> that's fine. We have fun. Um, <sighs> I've lost the track altogether. Yeah, um, I, I had a. And that's something to say. Yeah, is a rumor of some sort. Mm. Yeah. Um, so Hawkeye, the rumor is that Hawkeye season two is currently in development okay. and will be part and will be part of the multiverse saga. Really? Okay. Yeah. I wonder what that show is because the first one was such a like it was such a caper, you know. It really knocked it out of the park emotionally and. In terms of its action and just yeah, kind of kind of fired on all cylinders. It was set at Christmas. It was like perfect in every way. I, I don't know what the next step is. That is it. Kate's show now. It must be. It, yeah, it must be. I think, and and this this might lead us to the episode actually, mm-hmm. or like today's episode. Um, yeah. I think this might be like a, a cool way to set up the Young Avengers where. Kate and 
Clint go on and like they they take people like Kamala Khan in and hopefully Wiccan and Speed yeah. if they exist. They've got to could be pulled if it's a multiverse saga, I mean what else? That's that's kind of I mean now now is the time, right? Mm. Now is the time to do that. Yeah. But yeah, it it could be like a cool way to set up the young Avengers so that then that leads into uh the last the last parts of phase six, which is the two Avengers films. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 totally on board <clears throat> um for, for young Avengers, you know, just bring in some new blood, a bit interesting and have these older guys be you know, mentory types, um, you know, and have them be the ones that kind of hopefully end up saving the day, but you never know with Marvel <laughs> these days. Um, having said that though, speaking of multiverse sagas and stuff like that, did you see the the mocked up poster that was going around recently after Sam Raimi made a comment about what he would do if he was to make Spider-Man 4 with Tobey Maguire? Absolutely. I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. So in some conversation... <clears throat> Sam Raimi said what he would probably like to do if he was to make Spider-Man 4 as in a sequel to, you know, the, part, the fourth part of his Spider trilogy with Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst would be to, because they're old enough now, to introduce May Parker, Spider-Girl. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Oh, what? And I was like, fuck yeah, you could totally do that. Like, even if Toby doesn't want to do, he's in it for like you know twenty minutes or something. Kirsten's in it for twenty minutes, and then boom, you, you cast some young person as May Parker, do a, a a version of the Spider-Man suit from those pictures in in that kind of guise with the blue up either side, and um, you know, sort of the diamond kind of thing, and have a fucking Spider Girl movie. You could totally do oh. it in these days and times. Disney Platinum. No, oh, Sony. dude! I don't have a voice for Sony yet. What would Sony sound like? Yeah, it's it's a bit Disney Plus, but a bit Netflix. That's that's where you put Sony. <laughs> you want me to do in between? Yeah, this is Disney. Hello, I'm Netflix. It's just my voice. <laughs> it's just my normal. Hi, I'm Sony. <laughs> Very severe. Do you want to see Morbius too? Neither do we. Like that kind of thing is kind of. It just sort of sounds like me. That's but... not fucking true. <laughs> like oh man, yeah, they, they would love to show like a fucking trilogy of Morbius. Oh man, and then have him show him show up in like films like um, like the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife, where he's where he's the one. <laughs> <laughs> he's the bad guy. It's him. And fucking Zool all hanging out, all that stuff. Put him in like dramas, like, um, uh, 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 you know, instead of sense and sensibility, it's sense and sensibility and supernatural creatures or whatever. Or what was the, what was the one from the old Wizard magazine? Sense and web ability. That'd be fun. Um, you know, you could put him into like a hangover mo- type movie where he wakes up and uh, he doesn't know what's been happening. He's just covered in blood. He's like, oh, shit. And Mike Tyson's there. It's a whole bunch of options, really. Sure. Fuck, what the fuck are we talking about? I have no idea. I never know. Um, no, we were talking about um, Hawkeye, the possibility of Hawkeye. No, we're talking about Spider-Man 4. Yes. Well, that would be after Hawkeye, yeah. So that, that would yeah. be very, very cool. Um, I, I think that's a really good way to do those new characters. Um, uh, it's not going to happen. We know that. No, no. But, there's too many, too many balls. But if it, in, yeah. 
But if it does, I would fucking love to see May Parker rescue Cindy Moon. That would be fucking awesome. It's a way to start all that, you know, and you can do it in that universe. It's just as interesting as if you were to do it in its in its in like an original form. Um, but uh, but yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see after the next two Morbius films. So let's talk about Thor and Miss Marvel in that order. Um, and uh, you might notice. Folks, this episode is called Two Thors and a Baby. Uh, that's a joke about Three Men and a Baby, the movie that came out 158 years ago for the young people who are watching right now. Um, but I only say baby in that uh, the, the young lady who plays Kamala Khan is probably the youngest cast member, uh, you know, major cast member of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that shortly. Let's talk about Thor 4, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, we've kind of touched on it briefly over the last few episodes because it did come out a little while ago. Addie, you tell me how you feel about it because when we first, when you first saw it, you were kind of like, oh, okay, but I think maybe things have changed. Yes, I. This is the most changed opinion I've ever had from from. Really, like, when did it happen? Was it like you woke up in the middle of the night, like, boo, it sucks, it sucks. <laughs> Oh no, my life. Was it like that or? No. I mean, no, but also kind of yes. Like it was all in my head, but also sure. Um, Like when you watch a film, right? You think it's the best thing in the world because of recent bias. Okay. Like, I'll give you a small example. Like um, there's an unofficial trilogy called the Cornetto Trilogy or Three Flavors of Cornetto. Yeah. by Edgar Wright that, that has Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and uh, The World's End mm-hmm. and the, wo- the World's End because fuck, people fucking rank shit so the, world, the World's End is like never in like like the top two <laughs> but I think those movies are diminishing returns like one, two, three so like how, like in terms of quality in terms of quality people got two, two, one and three. Oh, is that right? I yeah, I I love the third one like the best because it has one of the best characters ever put put to a film, and Simon Pegg does an amazing job. But because because like it was because I watched those two, and then I watched The World's End, I I fucking loved it. But then I was like, shit, I have to watch those two again to understand if I, if I love it as much as those two. But I still do. Um, what the fuck am I saying? Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. You're veering quite off the point, but that's okay. That's what the podcast's yeah. all about. You'll find your way back, buddy. Just follow those breadcrumbs back to Thor. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So yeah, uh, it was a recent bias when I said, "Holy fuck, this might be better than Thor Ragnarok." And like a week after, I was like, "I really, I, I don't like this movie." Mm. And, and when I and when I realized that, I was like, "Holy shit, we were right." Because we talked about we we talked about this being a fucking kids film. It is. <laughs> we were fucking right. Yeah, that was the the first thought I had as soon as it started. I was like, "Oh, this is for children," and that's totally fine. It it's even marketed that way. But I being, you know, unsure of what kind of ground we're on in phase four. You never know what you're gonna get, really. Yeah, um, I kind of. I, I didn't like Thor in this one. I, I just didn't. As a character, I think it, it hurt. Like, this film hurt 
Thor as a character way, 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 way more. Like this, it's come full circle where he, where he's, where he just wants to do what he wants to do. But it's also like this is the Thor that that would have grown up if if Odin wouldn't have banished him. Like this is the version of Thor in the films. Mm. If all that wouldn't have happened, and and I've said this before, like uh, I I absolutely fucking love the Indian Thor because of everything that he's gone through in that film, in that film, and in Infinity War, and they just they just throw all of it out, like and they sacrifice so much of that character for comedy, and like eighty percent of the time the jokes don't hit, like the fuck. I man? do if you're a child. I, I, dude, I didn't see a child laughing on a fucking orgy joke. Like, that was just fucking weird. There was an like, orgy joke? Oh, yeah, there was too. But no, like, you know, where, where, uh, you know, is the, the thread of, of, uh, Jane Foster trying to figure out what her catchphrase would be. I'm like, are you, these words even coming out of your mouth, Academy Award winner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's just. She said. Sorry, know, go on. Uh, 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 so, uh, chicken nuggets. Uh, Shake. Like, sorry, you go. <laughs> no, you go first. Just Natalie Portman is 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 one of the finest actors of her generation. She's proved it time and time again, from Leon all the way until now. What in God's name is she doing doing this in this movie? That's weird. It's just a, it's a weird choice. But you know, she gets to come back and she got all ripped and stuff and Got to have some fun, something her kids could watch, I guess. Like I'm, I'm, I forgive it a lot for, for its childishness and its cartoonishness. Not only because it's very bright and there's lots of silly things going on, and it is 100% a cartoon because the majority of it is not there. There are so few real locations, real sets. You know, even the hammers of you know, and the the Stormbreaker and stuff is is not in his hand. Um, so much of it is artificial. At this point, it is it is basically a cartoon. So I kind of forgive it for that. But there's a couple of things that it did, which I was like, and one of them is what you're pointing out, is that they're, they're kind of, they're making, they're sacrificing such an interesting character, especially post all the things that he's gone through for comedy. Yeah. And like her saying, eat my hammer is like, the fuck? Like that's- It's a little bit sexy. I don't know. It, it is. Depends on it's the also, you say it in, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing I see is fucking sexy as a song. That's not true. Um, yeah, no. it's, it's a weird... It. I mean, she's... I don't know. It's hard. It's. Hard. I'm trying, to, I'm trying yeah. to be, again, like, not, not super harsh. I did... I, I ha- had a fine time with it, but it was completely consumable. Like I've said before, it just kind of it went away immediately. Apart from Russell Crowe. I, I I have been scarred by Russell Crowe. Like he was he In real was real life because he does that. He's, he's no, what the fuck? I don't know. He just throws telephones at people and is super gruff. I love him. I think he's fantastic. I I, I really he's such yeah. a great actor and good sense of humor. Yeah. So I I watched. I didn't watch this film here. So my my only my only reason to go watch this film was I could see that. <laughs> Fuck me. I could see that amazing ass of Chris Hemsworth. That was my only reason. 
It's it's. I think they're currently rewriting the rule book so that it can be the eighth wonder of the world. That ass. I mean, it is. He's made out of marble, but he's also made out of other things. And you know, if 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 that's not true, I'm sorry, but it certainly seems like he's. Well, let's just say enhanced. And that's fine. It must be tough to be to be that in this world, um, but I just don't. The timelines don't work out for him to be able to get in the size that he ends up being. I'm sorry if ever anyone disagrees with me, but it's just looking at it from the perspective of someone who weight trains. I, I don't know how that would work. I could be way wrong, and he's like super got a like a nutritionist, and he's super dedicated, and he can do it that quickly because his body's used to it. But it just seems to happen so quickly. It's like, yeah, I, I hope he's I hope he's being careful is is more than anything. Yeah. Coming back to the ass, though, I couldn't Going see back to the it. Going the booty. Mmm, delish. <laughs> <laughs> you could bounce a penny off of it if you wanted to. Boy, oh, what? Wa- <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you're yoing, you're yoing. This is a funny episode. We're just laughing at yeah. each other. We're going to be like, would they shut the fuck up and be journalists already? Because we're journalists, by the way, don't you know? No, we're fucking not. Yes, we are. We investigate and we disseminate and we challenge. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very challenging episode for people. But yeah, back to the booty. Yeah, I couldn't see it because it it cropped out. Because, yeah. Because of of the country that you're in. Oh my God. oh, Oh man, I saw the bum cut. So you've got a non-bum cut. Oh my yeah, God. I'm, you got no gonna, crack. You crackless yeah, cut. And no orgy as the as the word. But like I could I could figure out like they had the whole sentence and then just muted the word orgy. And I was like, there's no fucking way people are not getting the document orgies. Yeah. Like Did you so so you saw it? Did you see it in like was it dubbed or was it English language? It was English language. With subtitles. Okay, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, because it was like fucking <laughs> be a hard way around it, honestly, to, to not. I don't know what orgy is in other language, but it's pretty clear that that's what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, so apart from the booty cut, what else did you sort of, what else was the thing that sort of said to you, this isn't for me? Because I've got like three things <laughs> that really bugged me about it. I just... Um... Like we, like when the when the first trailer came out, we we talked about it in in the nerd news segment. How when he's standing there in the whatever the fuck that city is, where like all the gods are there, and just inviting them for an orgy, he's standing there in, in shackles, and like on his back he has he has like a tattoo of Loki's helmet horns, and it says "Rip Loki" and. I, I wanted to see that Thor, the Thor that like went and got that tattoo, the Thor that was that was still dealing with the loss of his brother, the loss of his best friend, and then the loss of Tony as well. Mm. I, I wanted to see like this is this is like this is a coming of age film, but it's for Thor because he's hundred and no, he's, he's over five hundred years old, isn't he? Yeah, he's 1,500 years old. 1,500 years old, yeah. 
Yeah, so still a coming of age story for some reason. <laughs> and <laughs> it sort of is. And like, yeah, I just I wanted more. Like, see, when you watch Ragnarok, right? You don't you don't laugh at Thor. You laugh with him because of how serious he is. Mm. Like he he cracks jokes, yes, but he also does stuff. In this film, I was I was laughing at Thor. I didn't want to. Mm. Yeah, he's a buffoon. Like, he's an absolute buffoon in this film. And I, and I saw people saying that they they kill Thor's character, like, and it's it's like he's dumb again. And I I couldn't get that out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And I, I I completely saw it. Like it, it hurts because I, I love Chris Hemsworth as Thor and I loved that like Infinity War Endgame and Ragnarok Thor so much. That, like, it like I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but this, it, there's something called character assassination. Mm-hmm. I I that's that that's what it was for me. Yeah. Kind of fucking you here. Dip and then. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, character assassination is 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 usually something people people do in real life to to people behind their backs or in media. Um. But yeah, I I totally get what you're saying. It is it is very much that, and I think it, it's there's two two things, and it'll it'll be. This will be part of my my point of the, the things that I sort of didn't like about it. I'll make the one now. Um, one is the, the the severity of what that character goes through in Infinity War. Being being sort of on the front line of Thanos' attack straight away, losing his brother, having to 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 you know stand inside the force of a dying star to build a new weapon, to come as a savior, and then to save the day, and not going for the head. You know what I mean? And then at the at the beginning of Endgame, when Captain Marvel turns up and he's already started drinking, there's a beer next to him and you're like, okay. And then that becomes a tragedy. But the funny part of him, of like him becoming Fat Thor, that was me doing it in quotation marks, by the way. Um, because, you know, that's, that's a, a, it's an insensitive word to use in this context or in any context, really. Um like that became a joke and everyone was like oh he's and everyone knows chris evans funny he's fucking hilarious he's really funny in um the ghostbusters movie that he was in like he's got great comedy chops he's got great timing and everyone saw that and like oh that's the thing you know what i mean oh and it worked in ragnarok too like but so that's that's not only them seeing how it worked in ragnarok but taking like taika waititi's innate sense of humor and putting it on everything that's thought which is a mistake. And people always talk about that, like Taika Waititi was like being toted as kind of like the savior of that character. I don't think that's true at all. I think, you know, he, he did do a great work, but he's made one movie for them. Like there was a meme that went around of, you know, the bit in Spider-Man, the, the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire and Willem Dafoe and they're on the rooftop and the goblin saying, you know, everything after everything you've done for them, they will despise you in the end. You know, they'll hate you for it. Um, and that's what's going to happen. And it was that, but it was a picture of Taika Waititi with those. And I'm like, you know, after everything, every, all the good you've done, people will hate you. And it was like Ragnarok to to Love and Thunder. I'm like, well, I mean, Ragnarok didn't. It was a good movie, but there's a lot of missteps in that in terms of its comedy as well. Like it, it, it's it's 
And I defy you to, to say that that's his best movie. Are you kidding me? Like fucking Hunt for the Wilder People is clearly probably his best film or, or, or What We Do in the Shadows. Um, and also- Or Jojo uh, Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit's great as well. It was a little bit more sort of glossy than I would have liked. The subject matter was interesting, but- but yeah, I mean, he's he has a sensibility, and it and it translates into some things, and it doesn't necessarily translate to Thor, because the other issue that I take with that film is that at the beginning, I don't know if you actually hear the line in the film or if it was just in the trailer. Thor says, after the Guardians of the Galaxy piss off, and he he just accidentally destroys that building behind him, which sure. I saw coming a mile away. He's like, yeah. that's it, you know, I'm done with fighting. You know what once were were, were um uh hands for battle and now humble hands for peace. You know, and he has his hammer and he puts the 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 stormbreaker in the ground and that's it. He's going to become like a Buddhist basically, and that yeah. gets dropped almost immediately. The better story is him agonizing. He's a con- he should be a conscientious objector. He should be involved in all this stuff, but doesn't want to be. But he just yeah. comes back in gung ho because Jane comes in all of a sudden. He turns into a fucking fifteen-year-old boy, and it just—it's it's like, well, don't don't set up an interesting uh, a change or an interesting shift for this character into something meaningful. As in, I was a warrior and I don't want to be anymore. I want to be a humble person. I want to be a, a person who only uses their ability to heal, and then get rid of it because the girl turns up. Like it was real sophomoric in that sense. It was real childish again because it's for children. And then the 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 creme de la creme of stupid shit in this movie is is really the subplot of the Jane dying of cancer. Are you fucking kidding me? Like how can you conceive? To I understand that comedy and drama can exist in the same space. Definitely, even even cartoonish comedy and drama can exist exist in the same space. Look at something like. Even Who Framed Roger Rabbit? There's drama in that. But, you know, Eddie Valiant, the loss of his brother that he's trying to get over. It's a deeply moving story. Bob Hoskins plays it so well. So there's absolutely space for that, but not in this film. It doesn't work in this movie. You can't have something look like this and then talk about cancer. A bunch. Uh, And then also have her die. Like, have that not be a redemptive thing, you know? Like, not that she needs redemption, but not have maybe it him. Like, maybe he fucking wises up and starts behaving like not a little boy, and does figure out how to heal her because he's a healer. That's a better arc. He's the one who saves her, not the hammer, not the fucking trip to wherever, not his buns, not, <laughs> you know, not the orgy, none of that stuff. Somehow he's able to use some of his power. Like he imbues those kids at the end with part of himself. Yeah. He does that to her and she's able to live and happily ever after. But that doesn't get you to the plot of, you know, him raising Gore's kid. And they become love and thunder, which is sweet and everything, but there's no reason why Natalie Portman couldn't be behind them holding Mjolnir. Yeah, I kind of liked the whole Natalie Portman thing with mm. with the cancer. Um, I I love that she dies, but also, did you know that? Just fucking throwing throwing my point out right now. But uh, did you know that like Gore's kid is actually played by Chris Hemsworth's daughter? Yeah, that's, fucking that's, awesome. that's pretty cute. I mean, all the kids were on on set, and young Thor is played by his son, if I'm not mistaken, in that scene where he's running through the forest. 
Um, you know, that's it's obviously a really big family affair. Everyone had a great time doing it. Fucking Matt Damon keeps turning up to do that that cameo as the as the the actor Loki. That's pretty funny to me. And Chris Hemsworth's brother, like the Luke obscure Hemsworth. Hemsworth, the one that everyone forgets about, he's in it. Like it's just you know, it's it. There's some there's some cute fun stuff in there, but um, it's also missing Loki energy too. It's the first four yeah about Loki, and Tom Hiddleston has and- a, you know. It's like in Ragnarok where he's <laughs> where he lands on the ground finally after Doctor Strange has opened that portal and he's like, I've been falling for 20 minutes. <laughs> oh man, it kills me every time. He goes from being he goes from being really scared to really angry like that. Oh fuck. He's great. Like that energy's kind of <laughs> sorry, I think that joke's so good. <laughs> just remembered it oh fuck whatever happened to dr strange's orange gloves that he has in that scene and then never again anyway i liked him maybe he was just doing some gardening yeah maybe sorry you were talking Um, about natalie portman yeah i love natalie portman in this i love that that she dies because that's what cancer does Mm. as as glorified it is in this film it, it it leaves you with no choice and it does yeah, kill you that's absolutely true you're right i i, I retract my statement it is it would be disingenuous to have her just all of a sudden be saved because yeah. that's not what happens I, in real life i get that yeah good point good point Will and, <laughs> thank you i like the fact that that they do that with her because it kind of shows that people with that kind of illness can still be so strong and people wouldn't wouldn't know like when she when she tells Thor that that's that's not her trying to gain sympathy. It's her, it's her coming out and telling the truth that this is happening and this this is going to happen, yeah. and I am going to die. And I think that's a wonderful thing, but it's not explored. Like it's it's things in between lines that you have to read and shit. And I. My problem is with Thor and like there was there was an interview where Taika Waititi said that uh, you know like the monsters and shit in the in this film are like drawings of the kids that they gave to VFX artists and then they created these monsters. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just, like it feels like Taika Waititi didn't want to make a Thor film, like. He, he wanted to just have fun, and that's clearly shown. Like, it, it was a fun time for everyone. It's even in the interviews, and everyone says it. If you want to do that, sure, but, like, don't do it on the expense of a character. Yeah. Like, Thor, Thor is one of the OG. Like, he's one of the original six. He is OG. He's triple-triple OG. And... Do you know his his arc from the first Avengers film to the last Avengers film that we had him in is is something to be proud of and something to be celebrated, but also something to not just forget. Like, I would say a good film in in a sense of the things that we have in this film would be Thor taking, just leaving uh, Stormbreak and becoming that saint. And then everything happens, but he's not he's not trying to fight. He's trying to He's trying to, he's trying to comfort God, saying that, you know, every God is not the same, and 
just have him befriend him and calm him down from his from his lust for vengeance mm. that that would, like if you really want gore in that that would be a good way to go i i said this when we when we were doing the when we were doing the nerd news segment on the uh trailer gore was wasted he was like there's he's he like him being in this film makes no sense other than him being there for the plot of the film yeah and 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 having said that christian bale does a lot with very little um yes. he plays he plays that so strange and so it changes so much like it's almost like golem situation you know where his his body language changes you know from beginning of the film to you know after he loses his daughter and then to becoming this kind of like you know creature and he's sort of doing this weird accent that kind of dips in and out which is obviously a choice like he's not he's not that he's a skilled enough actor where he could maintain um yeah he did some really interesting work and and you know that luckily i didn't make that character too funny either because he's he's avenging his dead daughter um yeah for the most part so yeah i i i do you you were right it is he is a um he's a plot contrivance with with a voice yeah like in this film more than any other marvel film you see you see the things that you're not supposed to yeah as in how things would have been like one writing in and shit cuz there are cool characters in it like but like for me like having having the love triangle between thor thor's hammer and stormbreaker is just fucking stupid like you couldn't it's think like, of anything else is i mean honestly though if thor was a 1500 year old god creature who's been around the planet and been to plenty of orgies and stuff as he alludes to when he's talking to russell crowe who is really great as Zeus, even though he's doing a very strange accent that would normally get you cancelled. Um, uh, he's absolutely pansexual. He'd have to be. Like, you know, he's 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 done everything. He's tried everyone. Now he's fucking hammers, you know? Why not? And the fact that they... But that these these things are sentient is is even more peculiar. Like, I understand Mjolnir is a, is a, a mystical artifact and it has it is drawn to him inexorably by by magic by mysticism and it comes to his hand and stuff you know and then goes to cap like it has it has power but it's never been <laughs> it's yeah never like, like the next step is the, it talking like let's you know what i'm saying it shouldn't be you know what it is it's fucking aladdin's carpet it's aladdin's carpet why did i not think of that when i watched the movie i would have shouted it out everyone this is aladdin's carpet i fucking called it Get me no. more popcorn. That's not how you would say. No? You point at the fucking screen and scream at it. I would. It's fucking Aladdin's <laughs> carpet! Holy shit! That would be me, yeah. Um, I just, yeah, fucking... It's, it's a weird... Yeah, a love triangle between a man and two weapons? Objects, yeah. Cool. Yeah, like you said, it's a cartoon. Yeah. And he's upset because his old hammer, so his ex... In, in parentheses, uh, uh, in quotation marks rather, not parentheses, um, is is currently with his other ex and his current hammer. It, it's all sorts of, aren't we hilarious? And I just, I'm not on board for it. But Tessa Thompson 
as Valkyrie is so fucking good. Yeah, she's great and criminally underused. I fucking know, right? Like when she rides on the Pegasus and comes to like the rescue of the children, or like not the like the rescue of the town when God first attacks, we're like, holy shit, I'm in love. Like that was so fucking good. But then again, it's followed by Thor changing his outfit into what only could be said as inspired by Wolverine. We has like that long fucking gold shit, like. Which he wears for about what? 45 seconds. And also, can't you put a helmet on motherfuckers? They're CG. They're absolutely uh, uh, artificial, those those costumes. Like, they're not actually... They might be wearing them in parts, but those helmets are not on their heads. They've been CG'd. I'm like, well, what the fuck? There's plenty of good prop makers. The more interesting story for, for Valkyrie, because she's still in the place of, like... She's trying to govern this new society and she's still drinking too much and all that stuff the the better redemptive story is she gets the hammer yeah if 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 you know jane foster has to die she passes it on to tessa valkyrie onto valkyrie tessa <laughs> onto valkyrie like i know her uh, onto valkyrie and she becomes the mighty thor and then she she you know she is a god to to you know not rule over, but to take care of these people, to take care of the Asgardians in New Asgard. And Thor can go off an adventure with the little girl. Like, it's it totally makes sense. It does, but I also kind of like her with the with Zeus and Bolt. That, that's... Yeah, that's pretty baller. That, yeah. That's, that's baller. That's also, like, the fucking dance routine he does with the... Like, the, all that shit, man. It was, it was like... It's like... It's like you have your story and then you go there to, like, have a break. Talk about fucking orgies and then go back. Like yeah. you could you cut the fucking part out. It doesn't fucking matter at all. There, there's a lot of the film that you could remove, and if you were to remove everything that isn't completely plot driven, like well, not plot driven, story driven. The 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 writing credo of a screenwriter, and everybody says this: Aaron Sorkin, David Mamet, fucking um, uh, Chris and Kieran Carnes, like they all talk about. Uh, 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 what a scene has to do it's like um you know uh who are these people what do they want and why now like if you're not answering those questions every single scene that scene is not it's padding it's useless you know some people get away with it like tarantino where that things don't necessarily have to connect but he makes hangout movies it's a completely different thing but if you're just talking yeah. about a three-act narrative and that's what these are every time they're all hero stories if you were to take out everything that doesn't achieve those goals scene after scene in Thor Love and Thunder, it'd be about fucking 45 minutes long. Yeah. I'd reckon like a, like a small Disney Plus special, like three minutes. Yeah, it'd be like, a you know, a, 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 a fucking Thor Christmas or something like that. So, but, yeah. um, but look, you know, having said all that, there's no hate here. It's all love. If you enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder, if you think it's the best Thor, that's beautiful. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. It just wasn't for me. Maybe if I had kids, maybe it's for my god kids, maybe it's for my niece, as opposed to Riggs, as opposed to Big Riggs. I just call myself Big Riggs. That's my nickname, by the way, everybody. Yes. In my household. Okay, shit. Um, no, I got to call you Big Riggs then. You don't have to. That's it. It's mostly because I eat big meals. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. Like I have a big, like an oversized bowl for myself where everybody else in the house has normal sized bowls. That's not a joke. It's, yeah, big rigs. Um, anyway, it's what my missus calls me. So, 
Big Meigs. Big Meigs. Um, that's what she says. I was literally talking to her before. She's in Darwin at the moment on tour with with um with the ballet, and she was like, "We did a FaceTime." She's like, "Big Meigs." I was like, "Yeah, Big Me." Like it's just <laughs> we're pretty cute together. Anyway, regardless of what my stupid nickname is, if you love it, that's great. I think maybe time will tell. Maybe time will yeah. tell. We'll see where Thor ends up next. So after all that Thor business, two Thors. Let's talk about a baby. And uh, like I said before, no disrespect, just she's a very young person and uh, she's very, very talented as well. We're talking about Ms. Marvel or Ms. Marvel or whatever you want to call it. Um, probably one of the most innovative and, and original pieces of, of storytelling that Marvel has had the opportunity to do since beginning their universe in uh, 2008 with Iron Man. Um, Addy, you, you have very strong feelings about Ms. Marvel. Please tell me. I do. It, it's, it's fucking amazing. It's great. I, was, I, I wasn't very hyped for it. No? <laughs> um, I, I wanted, like, to be fair, I was like, I didn't know what I didn't know, like how they would do it. Like, as like, I'm not saying a lot of people do it or like a lot of films do it, but there are there is there is a there is a part of just general media that whitewashes a lot of things that happened between India and Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And I'm an Indian, and uh, like my best friend from middle school uh, is is Pakistani and I fucking love him to bits like this like the, the countries have been at war and like all that shit for a long time and it and I I, I didn't know how much Marvel would go into that and I'm happy to say that I was like I was so surprised I was I, I was so surprised when they like when I saw 19, 1945 or like 1947 I'm sorry in a Marvel show I fucking teared up cuz I never thought that they would come mm. like I never thought that Marvel would go there and they've done an exponentially amazing job both Marvel and the and the and the creators of the show to like there's a dialogue in the show where where uh, Miss Marvel's or sorry Kamala Khan's brother says that both sides of the partition have uh, stories about the partition none of them are good mm. and it's it's true like me sitting here right now is is the effect of my grandfather running away from Pakistan and and living his life in India and trying to start over his life there. It's it's something that's that's a part of every person in both of those countries. Sure. And a lot of times people are people are hateful against people are hateful just just to show how politically correct they are. And I love that this show, at least at least from what I've seen, has 
brought these two groups together and, and finally showed them that we're not that dissimilar. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Muslim, but I could, I could relate a hundred percent to the, to the family dynamics and everything happening in that show. I could relate it to a level that I, that I couldn't do, like, let's say Kate Bishop. And when, when that first episode came out, I was, I was so shook because because up until then, I, I, I just, I never had someone represent someone who looked like me, like in, in a Marvel show or just in, just in like that, uh, sorry. 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 Um, I just, I never thought that I would have needed it. And then like, when I got it, I was like, holy shit, is, is this like how it feels to be like, like correctly represented because it's it's just it's very very it's very heartwarming to see that that they got they had gone to the extent that they did for the show to to make it a family story like there's no overarching villain there's no end of the world kind of shit it's just it's a coming of age uh, show of a teenager trying to trying to control the powers, it's, it's amazing. So I have, I have a lot of bias for that show. I don't, <clears throat> I don't think that's bias, man. Like rep- representation is exactly what you said. And that's, that's, it's an important thing. You know, these people look up to these heroes, doesn't matter where they're from or what race they are or what sexual orientation, like everybody needs to have a voice. And, you know, I, I don't want to be like, Excuse me. I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a fairly well educated, semi intelligent white dude. Um, so I'm not going to weigh in on the politics and that kind of stuff. What I will say is is something that I heard on another podcast. Um, uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Winarden were talking about Ms. Marvel on uh, Fat Man Beyond their podcast, and one of them had the comment that this show should do for that conflict what Watchmen did for Tulsa. Um, it should be something. I, I never heard this story before. You know, um, it should be something that is 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 discussed and and, and talked about. Um, you know, to, to get a better understanding of people who can sometimes seem very other. You know, the other other uh, uh, religions um, and other races and other conflicts that you don't you're not directly involved in often feel removed from time like you could how could i ever understand well you know if you look into it you want to be an ally you need the information so um yeah i think that's really important and yeah the fact that it's you know this this young brown girl is able to is that would that be the correct terminology i'm sorry if that was incorrect yes yeah yeah it's hard like i i again i know trying to be an ally and i don't want to don't want to offend anyone but you know uh, uh that's that's how she would be uh spoken of she's also she's that and it's her family as well um and and the religiousness but also the lineage of her family like it's about uh uh, where where she came from because of where her parents and grandparents and their parents came from um but it's also about a, a young girl a young brown girl in america in the american system living in new jersey going to school with with you know people of all races and creeds and types her hero is you know a a white female superhero like there's that too you know what does that 
what conflict does that create within her as opposed to how she has to deal with things outside of that um yeah really really smart storytelling and it would be really easy to make it all about that and it really isn't it, it it's it's another coming of age story like you said but it's about a person under any circumstances, a superhero-like or otherwise, finding their power. Um, she, Yes, she gets the bracelet and yes, she develops these abilities, which I know are not canon to the comics. She has like stretching ability and stuff in the comics. And I thought this was an interesting way to represent those powers, um, even though some people had a problem with it, but whatever. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting story to see someone so young finding their power and 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 learning how to use that as best they can where at first it was just about hero worship and about being the person that she wanted to be which was captain marvel and then she gets the costume from her mum and it's got the strike and it's just and it's representative of her culture and representative of her mindset and it just it means more in the in the end um yeah it was so great i i, I wonder what her future in i know that she's going to be in the marvels uh, but I wonder what her future in the MCU could possibly be because she's a young Avenger, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, how she could she could show up in Hawkeye too and be like a a recurring a recurring character with Kate Bishop and they'd be best friends. And like, imagine how cool the, the visual. Sorry to cut you off. The 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 visuals would be for that. Like Kate's fighting, but in midair because. Uh, you know, Ms. Marvel's Kamala's like throwing the spheres, you know, the, the crystal spheres, and she's like running across them and diving and shooting arrows. And like, could be really cool team up. Yeah, it could be like Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, but like in the Marvel, in the Marvel universe. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's nothing stopping either of those people from being queer either, like the way that um, Harvey and Harvey. <laughs> Harley, Harley and uh, Harley. That's Harvey. Har- Harley and Ivy are Harvey. I just realised. <laughs> um, it's yeah. Anyway, forget all that noise. Um, but it was, it was a really visually striking show too. It was probably some of the best cinematography I think they've had. Um, you know, on any of the shows, definitely. Yeah, I mean Loki had a lot, but. It's like Loki had just the feel of like you could feel the cinematography, but here it like again it it, it felt so fresh and like and I know like I'm devi- I'm like deviating from the from the points as well. I talked about the point. That could be the name the of week. this podcast. <laughs> the deviates from the point podcast, honestly. They don't. Yeah, the deviating point. Yeah, deviate to the point. Sorry, you were saying. Yeah. Um, I talked about the poetic and stuff so that we don't have to get into it. So we're not getting into it. Yeah, That's I appreciate you you touching on it though because it does it it has a a resonance with you that it wouldn't with me, and I'm, I'm interested in those opinions. But yeah, um, it's so like it's so rooted in its like in its own culture, but it's also it's so much rooted in the character and. Uh, like like you said that her her ultimate hero is this white female. Uh, that's the thing that comics go into is that when like one of her powers is that she can change her appearances, and when she come when she comes out as a superhero or like she comes out as a white girl because she doesn't feel like a brown person could be a brown person could be accepted as as a superhero because nobody because. 
because that's not it's that's not shown and that's that's not been an experience mm. I, I that that would work i'm not saying that wouldn't work in this uh in this show i but i think her not having that conflict and just being a fan could also could also be a good thing like i'm not saying that it's a bad thing that they didn't include it i'm saying i'm also not saying that it's that's not a good what the fuck am i saying i'm not sure. <laughs> sorry no that's all right. yeah um you're not saying that they yeah. couldn't have done it or that they shouldn't have done it. They, yeah. They, but they didn't have to. They've made those points without being that extreme. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Yeah. So I stutter sometimes and I for, completely fucking forget where, where I was. Right. I've, still, so, I've still got a stutter that I had when I was, you know, six or seven years old. Still pops up. I just repeat words for no reason. Got a big long run, or you probably noticed it, folks. I often say, you know, in in between sentences. That's that's cast off from when I was a kid, because it was me stalling until I can my mouth can catch up to my fucking brain. Stupid mouth and brain. <laughs> They're out of sync, like fucking shutter speed and goddamn fluorescent lights. Don't even get me started on that shit. Oh, heavens. I love how there's like there's a there's a group of like six people in our audience that would get that. Yeah, they're all like, oh yeah, I know what he's talking about. He's <laughs> <laughs> literally messaging a bunch of people the other night about it, going, "Have you fucking had so much trouble with that?" It turned out that I was two light sources freak fluctuating at different frequencies, which is why I couldn't match my my clear scan on the on the shutter to 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 get right, you know, shooting at fifty p. Um, and I was messaging a bunch of other filmmakers, and they're like, "What are you talking about? I don't even know what you. What do you mean shutter? Huh? Like, I'm like, don't you know the shutter speed thing? You got to do it. And then there's also like, you know, the ISO lines of information and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, "Nah, man, we just point shoot, baby." I'm like, "Oh, well, fuck." <laughs> but to be fair, though, they're video producers, and I'm a film producer. It's often two different things. Yeah. But I again, I've digressed. Oh, it's tangent. The podcast. Enjoy. <laughs> I was gonna start like a little theme song then, but nothing happened. It didn't. It didn't continue. I just. I stopped dead for some reason. <laughs> I pulled the brake on that joke. Um, so, yeah. in terms of uh, uh, not only what what this character and her world could offer the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like where where what's what's the story? Where do you go next? You know, like she's again from the ending, as you mentioned, we've discovered she's a mutant. He's the first. She's mutant. a mutant. Unless I we find out Namor ends up being the first mutant in this new Wakanda picture. Um, you know, maybe he's the first, mm. but they're definitely leaning that way. Is she? Is she patient zero? Is she the 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 lightning rod for all this stuff and for her popularity to be like? All of a sudden, you know, in pops. Hello, my name's Charles Xavier. Would you like to come and play at my school? I've got a man with claws. And we've also got a man with laser beams coming out of his eyes. What's that? I'm not in a wheelchair yet. Just wait. Um, you know, like... <laughs> I don't know why I was on the side of the microphone then. It was yeah. like... He was popping his head in from somewhere. But yeah, is that the next step? Is it, That would be so interesting, you know, like the end of the Marvels all of a sudden, the, whatever Mar the MCU version of 
um, Charles Xavier pops up um, and they keep talking about casting um, uh, the, the, the gentleman from Breaking Bad, Esposito, Carlo Esposito, and he's in Mando as well. He's in The Mandalorian. Casting him and everyone's throwing their hands up and they're like, oh, you can't have a... You can't have a, a person of color be captain. Be captain. You can't have a person of color be Professor X. Well, why the fuck not? He's perfect. He's absolutely perfect. What well, the fuck says so? He's bald as the day is long. Nothing about that character. Someone was had making an argument about it on the internet the other day about how well you know ingrained in his character is the fact that he's British and whatever. I'm like, what? It, what? Wait, he's what, bi- what, he's what British. What part of being British means you can't be of color? Like, oh. Yeah, Some shit. people just dim. <laughs> like, I got confused. You talk. I I thought you were talking about the the actor, and he's British. I was like, what? No, no. <laughs> Charles Xavier is a British character, and this person was arguing that well, if he's a British character, he should be white, which is fucking ludicrous because there's heaps of people of color in the UK. Um, you know, it doesn't make any sense. You know, he, he could be fucking from Trinidad for crying out loud. Like, there's no. He'd still have a, a British accent. Just grow the fuck up. But anyway. More to the point, he turns up at the end of the Marvels and he's like, hey, I've got a school where we can help you train and all of a sudden there's X-Men. Like there's always been mutants in the MCU and just get over it. You know, they don't have a big to-do about it. It's just like, oh, we were keeping under wraps because we've been persecuted. But now there's all these yeah. super people out there. Um, or or, or, they're, or they're hiding with the Inhumans, but... Because people don't people don't accept accept them, but they are they are trying to do good in this world. Yeah, or they've just, literally just, been on Genosha the whole time, or whatever. Or Mandapur, like Mandapur was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That that place yeah. they go to where they they meet up with um where they go with Zemo and they meet up with Agent Carter. Yeah. That's like from the comics. It's like a, a mutant safe haven. So. Plenty of opportunity. What would you like to see? That that would be my pick. What would you like to see? I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Inhumans coming in and saving or just taking in uh, the X-Men uh, and showing them. And like, instead of being like two groups that are not accepted by the people that, and they fight with each other, they accept each other. And because they are the two, two groups of people that, that are not accepted, they accept the most, like even like, and there's so much that you can do there. You can have queer characters there. You can have trans characters there. It's just so much that you could do with that. And then like put that in the, the situation that the MCU is in where, do you know, uh, fucking up, like Daisy Johnson goes and uh, finds Kamala Khan and says that there are some people that you have to meet. And then it's on her if she wants to join them or not, because they give her a choice that we're not forcing you to join us, but we, we just want you to know that, that we are here and we exist. And if you if you ever need us, we'll be there for you. Yeah. Like, like have that, man. Like, just, I just want the X-Men. Like, the X-Men is so much. Like, it's, it's so, like, the X-Men, I fucking love X-Men. And just... And I loved Kamala Khan. And then like having her be an X-Men, like it, it did make me tear up. I was like, what? There's yeah. no fucking way. It's, <clears throat> there's such a fervent metaphor for anybody who's ever felt like an outcast. And you don't have to be 
you know, a person of color, you don't have to be queer, you don't have to be non-binary or, or gay or whatever it is, whatever minority you, you are a part of or see yourself as a part of. You don't have to be any of those things. You can just be misunderstood. You'd be a teenager. Any time, and I guarantee you everyone on planet Earth who has even a modicum of intelligence has felt like this in their lifetime, out of place uh, or, you know, with yourself and with the people around you, you can relate to the X-Men. They're, they're, they're a, a wonderful, uh, uh, you know, way into this kind of material to, to help you understand things a little bit better or maybe feel like you have a little bit more power over things that you normally wouldn't. Um, but also it just affords the opportunity for really interesting stories. And if you can have Blade turn up as a voice at the end of the Eternals, you can have the fucking yeah. X-Men turn up at the end of Marvels. I mean, come on. Yeah. I like not even have the X-Men. Like I'm st- I'm still really pushing for Daisy Johnson to show up because I because I just want her to show up. Yeah. Cuz that show's fucking amazing. And you so Daisy Johnson, let me get this right. She's from the Agents of Shield, yes? Yes, yeah, she's, she's Quake. She's Quake and she's an inhuman. She's an inhuman. Right. Okay. And the whole storyline of her becoming an inhuman and the inhumans coming in uh, is in season three of Agents of Shield, and it's it's taken a lot. Like they have borrowed parts, like because they they show the struggle of being an inhuman. They have an island in China where where all the inhumans are locked up uh, by inhumans as well, mm. because because they know how people would react, and that's that's something that's very true to. In humans as well as uh, X Men, yeah. Because most of their stories are about acceptance and not getting accepted. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just plus like this show, like Miss Marvel, like is really like they had the whole the what the fuck is it called the CDC yeah. uh, Center for Disease Control Damage Control. Oh, well, the CDC <laughs> in real life is the Center for Disease Control. But in, in comics, it's it's, it's just DC <laughs> damage, damage control, is it not? I think it's CDC. It's, it's like central damage. Well, I mean, it's C something or like damage control. In real life, they fuck with viruses. In the yeah. fake life, they repair damage that's been done by viruses. Yeah. <laughs> viruses. Yeah, right. Um, okay, cool. But yeah, um, there's, there's just so much to explore now that we have this character. And I, I love the inclusion of her, especially now, because we have someone like, uh, shit, what's her name? Oh, God. Character? Or what's actor? character? Uh, she's in Doctor Strange too. America Chavez. The America Chavez, yeah. We have America Chavez and now we have Miss Marvel where like they could they could team up with with Kate Bishop and you know do fucking multiverse shit. Like that's a show. <laughs> it is. It could just be called that too. Just do multiverse shit. <laughs> Exclamation point. That's the name of the program. They'd yeah. get away with it. Like, they 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 fucking would. Yeah. And like I I can't man with the show. It's it's so it's so good. Like like she makes comics in like YouTube videos. Like it's it's just so 
it's it's so real. That's what I'm trying to say. It has its finger on the pulse of of what would be termed youth ideals and 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 the way that youth communicate as well. More importantly, um, using elect uh, sorry, electronics, idiot, using technology and how you speak to each other and and I say you because you know you're of that age you you know you're still a teenager um that that kind of that energy that that is is so specific and also it's real scattered too like the attention spans of people and I'm guilty of this too really short like it's it's what TikTok does so well um because it's all it's all very fast you know lots going on quick material because you guys have got lots of shit to do i guess um but yeah it's got that feel and fuck man the soundtrack is dope as shit it has got some baller fucking um hip-hop but it's like yes it's it's middle eastern hip-hop or it's you know hip-hop from you know your your country of origin or it's you know just some funky shit like it's just it's got a really like the needle drops are like oh man another one and i had to shazam i had to shazam open the whole show just waiting to try and find out who these people were because it's really really cool that felt youthful you know to be that yeah to like music is something that it defines generations it really does styles of music um mumble rap is unfortunately one of the ones that's defining this current one but you know there's, there's there's areas of that that's interesting and that was that was absolutely what this is doing so yeah i think it'll be it's a shame that it didn't it didn't get the press that it probably should have because it came out around about the same time as obi-wan um they kind of they could have staggered them maybe or obi-wan got a lot of press because it was the return of delicious delicious um which is my <laughs> name for you and mcgregor um and uh it's just delicious delicious and and then it came out kind of concurrently, almost concurrently, and it didn't get the like the banner that it would have had for on the Disney Plus app was only there for a day or so, and then it was you know up to uh, uh, Obi One, so it was kind of and yeah, it hasn't been graded very well or rated very well or not very many, but it's the like least watched show or some garbage I read, you know, which is probably not true. It's that's just clickbait garbage. Um, but yeah, I think if people went to this. And even if you were to remove yourself from the MCU of it all, take your head out of it for that's for a second and just see it as like if they just made Miss Marvel. Yeah, it still works. It still works. You know, she goes to AvengerCon, but it's just Miss Marvel or whatever. And also that's interesting too, like the the Ouroboros of, of, of the Marvel stuff with um, how in, in Hawkeye you had the Avengers musical. Yeah, Steve Rogers the musical. Yeah, it's just Steve Rogers the musical, right? Yeah, it's like it's it's Marvel circling back to it's kind of becoming itself. Like the fandom that you was used to create all of this stuff is now part of the universe which has been created. It's meta as fuck. Um, Yeah, and and that's I I know that irritates a few people. I find it interesting because then you get to see things like. you know Hawkeye and this where it's it is hero worship um it does speak to the, the youth latching on to people in the media or uh people who uh have highlights on them right now in ways that sometimes they probably shouldn't true and like i know i know like there there were a group of people that were very very against 
Marvel existing inside of Marvel. That's been in the comics forever, man. Stanley exists inside of Marvel comics. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just let it be. Yeah. And it, it like so much of Kamala Khan is her being a fan of Miss Marvel, of Captain Marvel. And you you can't take that out. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's a moral barometer for her. Like she's. She's seen that and been like, "Oh, that I would want. I want to be her, you know, that kind of thing." Um, that's really powerful. That's a really powerful thing for a young person to see, you know, a woman of who has great power and is standing next to these gods um, and standing up to them. Like she whooped Thanos's ass. She whooped his ass. Exactly. Give him headbutts, and she was headbutting a god. You know, like it's 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 yeah. I, I find it like I've said before. I'm interested in stories that are different and have new ways of going about the same roads that we've traversed before story-wise, but finding a new way to do it. And whether that's having the character be of the origin that this one is, of the religious background connected to her family, connected to her past, connected to the history of her her people and and, and her country, um, but also being an American teenager, you know, though, go, trying to become a hero because they see something ahead of them that they they want to emulate. That's an interesting, they're interesting threads. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see whatever happens with Kamala Khan. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing her in the Marvels now. I, do you know what happened at the end of the show? Or do you want me to explain what happened? What do you mean? Like how they swap places? No, I don't want to know. I, I'm just I, okay. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I kind of get it. You, you described it briefly to me when we were recording last time, but I just want to wait and see how they kind of. I like the mystery. I'm enjoying the yeah. Mystery. And I I love, I love that like when she, when she does tell her mother that she's Miss Marvel. Like they're all very supportive. Like it's not like oh you can't do this and you can't do that. This is this is very supportive, which is very true to just very true to people. Yeah, at families, you know. I remember when I decided I wanted to be a filmmaker. Dropped out of the school play, was chided by all of the teachers for 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 doing it. I had an understudy. Like I didn't leave them in lurch or anything, but they were like, oh, you know this and then. I'm like, no, I want to be a filmmaker. Saw this documentary called. Full Tilt Boogie about the making of Dustle Dawn. I was like, I want to be that guy. Like pointing at Robert Rodriguez. That looks like fun. You know, came home from school, you know, depressed, upset by no one in the academic community backing me up on this. Totally viable career choice, um, he says now, you know, 25 years later. And I told my mum and she was like, that sounds great, Riggs. That sounds like a really... Really great idea. The following day, I got home from school and she'd gone to the news agents and bought me a bunch of film magazines like, you know, Film Inc. and the the Australian one, I don't remember, Empire, Movie, like all these things, even ones that were like almost like textbooks on on gear, like new gear that was coming out and stuff. It was like, that's, that's kind of the response that most parents would have, you know, or I would hope they would have anyway. Maybe I'm just super, super lucky. And so is Kamala, which is very, very likely. Yeah, I just and especially like you like when you go when you go back and watch like 
cap like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or like something like WandaVision and Loki have a lot of what rewatchability to them because you find new things every every time, and uh, like this this is one of the shows where like, I I I can go back to and like watch any episode and I still love it. Just drop in. Like, yeah, like there's not one episode where I'll be like, I didn't like that much. Like it's it's so consistent in so storytelling. Like yeah, the episodes are short, but they also work. Mm. Like I think it's the first time that like the six episode model, while not being so great, has kind of worked. And I I I just I just love the show, man. That's like, awesome. That's that's what we like to hear. And uh, how do you feel about it, folks? Why don't you let us know in the comments or send us a message um, and, 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 you know, totally open, whatever your feelings are, good or bad, or maybe they're good feelings to you, but they'd be bad to other people, whatever. Just come and join the conversation. That would be lovely. So do we have any questions today? We do. We have the only one. One today. That's all right. That's fine. It's um, it's Wednesday, isn't it? So, is it Wednesday? Yeah, it is. God, my days are backwards. Okay, cool. What is the one Wednesday question? The Wednesday number ones. Why'd you say your days are backwards? What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Uh, I just mean like I'm, my fucking work schedule's all over the place. So I often find myself going, "What day is this?" Like fucking the Big Lebowski. You know, I just I'm not really sure where I am. Um. But yeah, clearly Wednesday. I should know. I've got a plane to catch on Tuesday next week. I should try and get on top of what the fucking where I am in 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 the course of things. Um, what was your question? <clears throat> yeah. Um, the question is. Oh, hey. so we don't. Oh no, it's not multiple choice. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you said A, and then your video video like paused, and I was like, what? <laughs> it didn't pause. I stopped moving for a second. Oh, just real quickly though, before we get into the question, we were talking about X Men's before, um, you know, and 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 uh, how how great they are. Fucking watched Logan in 4K the other night. Oh yes, man, it is a treat. It was a treat. But is there any chance that you watched the black and white version? No, they didn't have that as an extra or anything. Um, I would like to see that. Um, that that would be pretty cool. But it still it still holds up really well. I like that film a lot. Yeah. I watched Logan in theaters, but it was in black and white because they had the special release. Yeah. I missed it, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was doing at the time, but it was... Um, uh, I was frustrated by it. And then it came out on the DVD and it never, never came out. And I couldn't find it in 4K. I did look for that one, um, <laughs> but they, they only had it in the normal version, so... Oh well, yeah. Like anyway, I, 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 like the first time I watched it was in. That's fine. Are we talking about films. That's what this podcast. Yeah, is no, about. I just I interrupted you again. I, I have a tendency to do that because my it, brain it's is fast. So both our brains are faster and both are slow. So we had we have to meet in the middle. Then. I think that's why we get along so well. Yeah, because a lot of the time in my head it's just people going. Meow, 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 meow. Like that, and occasionally there will be so. Well, hey, hey. Hello, voice of reason here. Let's think about this stuff before we fucking <laughs> say it. And the other one's like, no, 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 no. Like, all right, then let's go to sleep. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of how my brain works. <sighs> Sorry, so you saw the black and white version in the cinema, no less. Yeah, yeah. Was, I saw it in IMAX, and it was the first time I watched the film, like, and like, I, I had no fucking clue it was the last time we were gonna see Logan. I was like, what? It's weird because I was like, I was away from like all the marketing and shit because. Because I just decided not not to watch any trailers. That's a good good course, yeah. And then I watched it and I was crying. And then I went back home and watched the colored version. I was like, I want to cry again, but I can't. I'm emotionally drained. It's the same pain, but now in color. <laughs> <laughs> this is how oh. people must have felt in the 1940s. <laughs> When Color came into cinema. Actually, it was before that. I think it would have been... What was the first one? It was Technicolor movie. Might have been Gone with the Wind. I can't know. Anyway. Fucking digressing again. Ooh, it's called the Digress Podcast. I mean, it usually happens around this time, so we're used to it. Yeah, by the time we get into, to, you know, round three or four of the Zoom records and it's like <laughs> half past three, my brain starts going... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Sorry. Let's get to this damn question. There's only one of them. <laughs> oh, it's a funny podcast. Yeah. I'm actually considering adding this to the comedy as well because it goes into like uh, film and like journalism. pop culture. Oh, no, just film, just film and pop, pop culture. We're not journalists, man. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, we are. I think we, I think we would be, we, we could be comedy if, if everybody found us being silly funny. I don't know if that's the case or not. Maybe let us know in the comments if you would like to be a more serious podcast. We'll come back next week and be like, this week on comedy news, on fucking comic news, some shit happened and Anne Hesh is dead. And like, you know what I mean? We'll be real, real dour. Did you, did you just, did you just forget? The name of our own of our own segment. Yes, <laughs> I called it Comic Muse, didn't I? Fucking <laughs> what an idiot! Yes, sometimes <laughs> I forget the names of the segments in my own podcast. Next on Comic News, something that isn't. What an idiot! I don't know. <laughs> there we are talking about Thor: Love and Thunder. Film came out 2022. You wouldn't be like that. That'd be so boring. Oh, Walter Cronkite for crying out loud. You can look that up. That's weird. Like when I started writing reviews, that's how I used to write. And I was like, this is fucking boring. It seems like I'm screaming at someone. Yeah. I, I, I tended to do the same myself when I was doing the stitch up as like written reviews. But I find the best way to kind of do it and have it not be, you know, I read a lot of them on, on Instagram and, you know, they they all do start like that. It's usually a blurb about what the film is and who's in it, whatever. Like, say something really, you know, that, that grabs people's attention like real quick. You know, something that's like, you know, like the round, like the intros that I do, like this week on the show. It's such as it's silly. Like, it gives you an idea of what the show is going to be about, but it also tells you in an interesting way. Like, play with language or, you know, say something about the film that people maybe weren't expecting, um, and then you can get into the normal part of review but yeah anyway that's just how i like to do things yeah anyway I guess like, what's, yeah. Oh, sorry, no you go <laughs> no we're never gonna get to this question 
<laughs> yeah. If I if I go, we never get in discussion. We no. have another another meeting that we have to go. <laughs> in there, we're going to. Yeah, that's right. We'll we'll make notes and we'll come back next week for the, the, the series, the cinematic. What are we? What are the fuck are we? We're the fucking filmatics podcast. Welcome filmatic. to the serious filmatics podcast where we talk about, you know, m- movies and Tolstoy and you know other other things. You know, cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to do an episode just all like that and really yeah. get up and be like, wow, they did it. They actually went. Full serious. They were talking about all sorts of horrible <laughs> things that you shouldn't talk about on a comedy podcast. Anyway. Oh, God. 100th episode then? Yeah, 100th episode, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to. Epithode? I just had a <laughs> lift for a second. <laughs> Either the 100th episode or like the one year anniversary. Yeah, well, that's coming up. Oh, no. Yeah. Our one year anniversary, yeah. our meeting is coming up. Is, uh, it's like, you know, a couple of months away. We'll have to do something special for that. A cake <laughs> with a file in it. <laughs> what the f- Like in prison where people are in prison and they get sent a cake that's got a file in it so they can file away out of the bars. It's like a, it's a cartoon trope. Anyway, this has nothing to do with film <laughs> or addicts. <laughs> Unless they're what addicts the fucking for question. What's that? Or the fucking question. Or the fucking question. This better be the most amazing question that's ever been asked on this podcast. Otherwise, it's going to be all downhill. Well. Which is another name for this podcast as well. (laughs) Hi, welcome back to All Downhill, where it fucking just turns into nonsense by minute 50. Yeah. Quick, before my brain thinks of something else. (laughs) I can't, man, dude. I'm so glad that we didn't know each other in school, because I couldn't, I couldn't be serious around you, man. No, I was, I was a fucking nightmare at high school. Anyway, like, I mean, I wasn't, you know, horrible to the teachers or anything, but I did, I act the fool a lot, and I was, my friends used to tell me they had really good abs around me because mm-hmm. I made people laugh so they go like oh my stomach and like tightening their abs every time they have to laugh so it was it was lovely it was a nice nice thing to uh you know how at the end of the year like you get the yearbook and it's got like most likely to it's like oh most likely to do this and mine was most likely to cheer you up I was like oh that's fucking lovely so I'll take it if it comes off annoying us sometimes whatever yeah. <clears throat> it's not to me so fuck it Good. I wish we'd gone to school together. We would have been formidable. Oh, yeah, dude. We'd have been fucking all over it. Uh, Anyway. Question. The question is, do you think Taika Waititi tried focusing too much on the comedy in this film? That's That's one part of the question. And the second part is, and if so, was that a mistake or a good thing? Do you want to go first? Your voice is cut out. Blah, blah, no? blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay. You're back? Okay. Yeah. You want to go first? <clears throat> no, you go first. Okay. Do I think it was entirely his decision? No. I think they've they've seen how successful Ragnarok was in rebranding the character as a bit of a goofball and then how successful it was in Endgame making him while still playing the drama of him losing his family and 
you know, the reason he gained all this weight was because he had PTSD or mental health issues at the very least. I think they saw how the comedy played and were like, well, we just need to do that again. It's also Chris Hemsworth wanting to keep things light for his kids. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's not just on Taika. I, I'm I'm sure that when he sat down to write that script, he was wanting to tell a really uh, strong and cohesive story with jokes in it. And the jokes just ended up being the thing that, that, that worked the best. So that's what it ended up being, you know, and it became a comedy. It's not, you know, a comedy for kids. Um, do I think that's a good thing? No, I don't. I don't really. I, I think it does a disservice to the character, like we said, and um, it's certainly it sets a precedent that's probably the way that the Avengers kind of that Joss Whedon quirky, you know, tongue and cheek that happened kind of humor um, is ingrained through <clears throat> the Marvel MCU, and sometimes hits really great peaks like Hawkeye. Um, or specifically the character of Elena, like she's great. She's super funny, but it works. Um, but then, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, I think you're setting a dangerous precedent to make these. They can't all be kids' movies, is my point. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I agree that he. I want to think that he didn't want to make a comedy film because he. Because he did say that it's going to be very different than Ragnarok, which it was, but in a, but not in a good way. Um, I think you get something like Thor: Love and Thunder when. I'm sorry to say this, and I hope it's not true, but it's just how I feel as, as a fan of the character, and um, and it's totally fine if nobody else feels this way. It's just how I feel. You get something like Thor, Love and Thunder when when the people involved in the making of the product don't really care about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt I felt like Taika really knew that people knew that he was returning, that Chris Hemsworth was returning, that uh, Valkyrie was coming back, that Jane Foster was coming back, and so people would go and watch the film anyway. Yeah, it so, wasn't a hard sell. Yeah, like before Ragnarok, they would have never been able to do a film like that. Like the only person who who was who would be able to at least convince Marvel would have been James Gunn. Mm. But again, like Ragnarok is way off from James Gunn's style of filmmaking. Yeah, uh, and just the Guardians movies are funny in a different way. They're not. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not slapsticky. They're not cartoonish. They're not like Thor, Ragnarok, and Thor: Love and Thunder are someone getting hit in the face with a pie, or hit with a big mallet. You know, like circus style comedy. And and the Guardians of the Galaxy films are Buster Keaton, you know, or or uh, Charlie Chaplin. Um, in that, not not phys- not because they're physical comedy, but just in terms of like. Going to the circus and seeing a bunch of clouds hit each other with pies is one thing. Seeing a fantastically talented performer like Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton do, you know, a, a, a comedy the way that they did it is another thing. They live in the same universe, but they're two very, very different levels of of, of what we're doing. Not in quality, but just what you like. Uh, so I think, yeah, the, the particularly the first Guardians film is, you know, really funny. Yeah. 
yeah, that was the question. All right. Thank you, participant, whomever you may be. And thank you all for coming back and joining us again on the Filmatics podcast. Thank you so much for putting up with all of our nonsense today. There was an extra double helping of nonsense for some reason. Maybe it was because we were talking about the Ragnarok. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Love and Thunder. See, it's still going on. But anyway, thanks again. Please uh, make sure to uh, like and comment and subscribe and uh, rate and review where you can on Spotify and Apple Music. It really does help the profile of the show. Get more people in here for even more nonsense. And we'll all be nonsense together. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're, we're like slowly but very fast approaching uh, episode 20. I know. It's like three weeks away. Ooh. Yeah. So by, by the time this comes out, we, we might already have been recording. We would have like, recorded it. Yeah, I'd say so. So um, congratulations yeah. us. That's, that's 20 episodes of... That means we've got like nearly 60 hours 60 odd hours or 50 hours of content now we're full on we're I, I reckon more, I it's more than that because we had like a three hour long episode once yeah well, I mean, they, they, they tend to clock in at about two two and a half and you know whatever people what listen to image remember my friend hugo said that once he's like if you've got something to say just put it out there if it's long people the right audience will find it and he's totally right he's, you know people will go oh two hours i'm gonna listen to that and other people will go oh yeah that's the entire length of my train ride i'm gonna do that you know so we just we just have fun and uh and it's all good and like i do that like <clears throat> i was watching harley quinn and then i watched uh, uh the new green lantern from that's on john stewart yeah right on and i told you to watch it and like i was watching it and i was like man DC animated films are so good. Just fucking nobody talks about it. And then I remember that we did an episode. Yeah, we did a whole like, fucking thing on it, man. People do talk about it. It's me and you, son. And Where then, and, then I, and the next day I had to go, uh, I had to go to university. So, I, and like my, <clears throat> my one way trip is two and a half hours long. So I just popped in, I just popped in my headphones and just listened the whole way through. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, man. That's good. It's a time capsule too. Cause it goes back to a certain place. Like, you know, the, the episode that we did, I can't remember what it was on, but I'll never forget because it was a couple of days after Splodge died. My 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 beloved cat passed away, you know, and that was one of the most horrendous things that's ever happened to me in my life. And yet that that day I was able to come in here and do this and you know what I mean? Like it it it's it holds a place in time, these things. They're they're they're, they're time capsules and we'll go back, you know, in ten years' time, we'll go back and listen to that first one and be like, Well, holy shit. How far yeah. we have come. So episode 20, coming your way very, very soon. Uh, <clears throat> another two episodes first. But uh, yeah, thanks for everybody. Take care. Addy, you're beautiful. Beautiful too, sir. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for listening this far. And I hope you stick around for the night because we have a lot more episodes to come. Ooh. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be... More, more dueling of the dicks and more anus talks and whatever the fuck. Oh, if we can only hope. <laughs> Better, more anus talks. That's a nice. <laughs> another name yeah. for the podcast. Welcome back to anus talks. Guess what? It's the subject matter is. <laughs> Everyone, uh, stay amazing and stay safe. Thank you for listening. Uh-huh.